Welcome to the Christian Contrast Podcast, where we talk about how following Jesus leads us to live differently than the world around us. And I'm Dan, and I'm here with Garrett, as always. And we are joined by Chantal Raymond. Hello. Now, we are going to be, we're kind of continuing broadly in a series of talking about change and growth and, you know, with the new year where we're thinking about what makes that happen. Um, maybe to start off, you know, obviously we know you, Chantel, but you could share a little bit about both your role here on our church staff and also a little bit about why issues related to, to sort of mental health and growth and change are something that are significant just to you personally. Uh, thank you. Yes, I've been working, gosh, as life care coordinator for over three years now, and I help with the support ministries that we have here at LBF, and I just... Um, help coordinate matching people up with uh, life care partners or getting people plugged in to celebrate recovery and grief share and divorce care and just always looking around for new ways to start different support groups that we can host here at, at LBF for people. So I'm just excited that we'll be able to talk about um, some of these topics today. And uh, one of the things we see a lot is just the, uh, uh, the ability for to have places for people to open up in a confidential place that they feel safe and that they feel cared for. And so that's what we have here with our support ministries and life care is an opportunity for people to sit down sometimes for the first time and open up. And so, uh, yeah, so this is exciting that we're, we're going to be able to talk about some, as you said, I don't know if it's resolutions or... <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I don't I make think, those. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we were talking just a little bit as we were getting ready for to, to record, and anxiety, I mean, uh, for all three yeah. of us, anxiety jumps to the front of the mind yeah. when you're talking about sort of issues related to mental health or emotional well-being. Um, that maybe you could just share, what are some things that you've run into? Because I know that's a big thing revolving around life care and the different people that you interact with. What are some some either trends or observations that you just have of how anxiety is playing a role in a lot of people's lives. Yeah, we, it's a common theme, you know, obviously anxiety, depression is something so many people battle with and the various calls that we get from people, uh, what's at the, always at the core of that is that some people have for the first time maybe talked about whatever, whatever it is that they're going through for the very first time or or it's something that they haven't felt that they have a, a real place to talk about it. And so a lot of times when we go to family or friends, you know, you hear what you, you know, they give you advice based off of, well, they love you and it's wonderful and, and they want to give you this advice, but it's always usually what they think you want to hear. Mm. And sometimes when you sit down with someone who maybe doesn't know you, doesn't know your situation, doesn't know your background, and is there just to listen. And so the first time you're opening up and really being heard and not having advice given, but just being able to talk through some things. Because a lot of times you'll have someone sit in a room and they say something and then it's almost like an aha moment. Yeah, like, like oh, the wait. light bulb goes on. Yes, or... yes. And so uh, whether that's in one of the support groups, because as you know, there's something really healing about sitting in a group of people that understand how you feel, mm. that have been there. So whether that's in Celebrate Recovery or Grief Share, Divorce Care, you've got people in that room that know exactly how you feel. And so there's something about being able to be heard by people that get it. And so... 
what I am always encouraging people is no matter what you're going through, you've got to sit down and talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. And not saying that our family and friends are not wonderful people for that. They are. And uh, you've got to have a good support system around you. So you want that 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 group, whether it's one person or five people that you feel safe. It's just being able to find a place. But some people don't have that. Right. Some of us don't you know, have a, a big family or maybe we don't have friends that we feel that we can open up to. Or maybe you feel like, well, my friends already heard this story a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. I need to talk to someone who doesn't know me and that I can maybe really dig deep with somebody. You know, I think as a society, we've done a little bit a better job of kind of uh, with mental health awareness. Mm-hmm. And I still don't think it's on the same level as like your physical health and your mental health are both things to take care of. But could you speak a little bit into, you know, when, when you say everyone needs someone to talk to, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you know, something, you know, whether it's a life care partner or, or counseling, mm-hmm. you know, is that really um, a benefit to most people or where we are in society today? Do you think that could really help us with this kind of huge mass increase of people being diagnosed with depression and anxiety. Yeah, I one of the things I've been really passionate about is getting even in 2020, we still have this stigma about counseling hmm. or getting help. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to depression and anxiety, you would think that even though there's a it's on the rise, uh, people are still hesitant about getting help. And so it's interesting how um, even though we have a lot of, you know, op- we have a lot of support out there now, right. but people still don't take advantage of that. And so one of the first things when we talk to people is, you know, yeah, what is your support system? What does it look like? What are, you know, what's going on in your life? Have, and one of the things is, have you gone to the doctor? Have you, who have you talked to about this? And so I want to take the stigma off even counseling still to know that there's, we have some wonderful counselors out there. And so there's, there's places for, for you if you don't have that support system that you maybe feel that you have. And so even with friends and family, being able to go to an outside source, there's something really Mm -hmm. beneficial to that. And so it is on the rise. We don't really know what's at the core of that. Counselors will tell you there's a lot of different you know, a lot of different things going on in people's lives. But what's holding people back, I see, is people don't want to talk about it. There's just so much shame involved in opening up about, I have anxiety, I have depression, or I'm battling some addiction, is that is, there's, there's just so much shame, and that keeps them from taking that first step. Yeah. And and that's something I think that's really worthwhile for the three of us just to kind of key in on and, and discuss. Um, both with practical ob- observations and also just with our biblical framework, yeah. um, with what you were talking about. So shame can be a big part of this, you know. And and I, I was sharing before you, yeah, I was I was talking to this woman who's part of our church. She deals with a lot of anxiety, and she was talking about how she's having friends that are saying, "Well, you're when you're worrying, you're sinning," and it just created this cycle of you know. Now she was even more worried because yeah. now God's mad at her, and it just created this thing where where mm-hmm. I think. We, we live in a culture, and, and so I'll, I'll throw out my two cents, you know, because I have opinions. But, <laughs> you do? But uh, yeah, uh, just the whole idea that we, we seem to have equated, we, we seem to almost think of ourselves as victims at the whims of our emotions. Um, just the whole idea. I, I was saying that, you know, in a parallel way where we'll have people say, well, we need to get divorced. We don't love each other anymore. And, and the implication is there's nothing to be done about that because these feelings and these emotions or these affections are gone. It's sort of like we would be denying our true selves to continue on in this. And I think there's a similar way where, where for this woman, I, I felt so bad for her because it is not, you know, it, 
it is not sinful to have a feeling of anxiety. Sometimes it's 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 the most natural. It's actually a God-given indication. Oh, you should be aware. There's something right. going on that you need to act on. And so the idea that we would be dealing with anxiety in, in some ways is normal. For some people, it's a it's it's a much more pervasive issue where it is a, a bigger thing to deal with. Um, but how do we try to reframe, or or how do we try to work with the whole idea that having a feeling is not equal to being owned or having your life run by that feeling of anxiety or depression or anger or lust or, or any or fear or any of these other emotions that we have. Right. I'm glad you brought that up because that is something that comes up a lot is people uh, feel that their faith isn't strong enough when they have these emotions. And so that's kind of a common theme when people come uh, talk to any of us in the church, you know, church staff or the support groups. I hear a lot from that a lot of that from the leaders. And so uh, some of the conversations I've had in the past with people is just talking about Jesus and his own emotions. Mm -hmm. And like we were talking about earlier is uh, making sense of that in your life. Okay, so if you're saying you're a bad Christian or your faith isn't strong enough, but, you know, do you remember and did you read about Jesus and his emotions that he has? And how do you think that plays a role in what's going on in your own life? And so it is one of those things where I'm always trying to, um, I don't, just give people these, this idea of like, Jesus was a human being with emotions. And so you're not Yeah, he's sweating like drops of blood, anticipating the cross. Like if that's not anxiety, I don't know how we would label that. Yes. Seems like anxiety. And... All the emotions that he had. He had every emotion that we have or will ever have. And so it's just, it. it's heartbreaking to know that people are out there feeling that somehow their faith isn't strong enough because Mm. of the emotions that they're having based on whatever it is that they're going through. Yeah, I think, think, you know, I don't know. We just really struggle with emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. I think emotions are sometimes so internalized because probably because of a past hurt that we're not really able to necessarily discern very well um, how to handle our emotions, you know? I think that um, while every emotion is valid, it's not necessarily accurate. And we know, like, when someone cuts us off and we get the most angry we've gotten all year long and we want to pull that person over and rip them out of their car and beat them up. Not based on a true story. (laughs) I don't think that that's accurate to... The, the action that happened. Right. And, you know, we need to, to work on that. And I believe wholeheartedly, and I'll say this, I think every person can benefit from counseling. Like, why not? You're there talking right. about yourself. It's like self-improvement. It's like, to me, it's like saying every person can benefit from eating healthy. Like right. any right. amount of time spent on yourself and in bettering yourself and better understanding who you are, the things that happened to you in your past and how you can move to the next stage of development, the next stage of growth, the next stage of, of being closer to God or the next stage of better understanding your emotions and why they trigger you, I think Mm -hmm. is a great thing. And I think for whatever reason, like you said, we've got this, and I don't know if it's true of every culture and country, this huge amount of shame over getting help. Yes. If you went to the gym, you can tweet about that and hashtag <laughs> all day long. And we would all do like the hands yeah. up emoji. <laughs> but people are not post-counseling feeling like they can tweet about that. Like, sure. man, that counseling session, that counselor was. Right. I mean, some people, some influencers are doing that. And I think that's great. Yeah. But by and large, 
that is not going to happen. And in, and not to be cynical, but until we as a culture kind of reframe what a great thing that you're improving your mental health, I think we're going to see people really struggle with guilt and, and really struggle with not being able to process their emotions and their in- emotional intelligence is stunted. Yeah. Right. We get so excited when you see it on social media when someone talks about mental health. Oh, this is so great. They're bringing it to... Mm-hmm. You know, to light. It's a, why are we not talking about it more? Why isn't this something we're not talking about every day? Because obviously we all have emotions. We all have things we go through in our lives. And so we, we at so many times put it, you know, I'm just going to push that down, push that down. I don't want to deal with this feeling. I don't want to deal with this emotion. Or we wait until we just explode. And then, mm-hmm. well, I guess I should get help for this, you know? Yeah. And so a lot of times we, we hear that with uh, couples, you know, in their marriage. Like, well... I've been thinking about this for 10 years, 10 years, you know, oh, I guess I should get counseling for it now. Or our, our marriage is on the brink of divorce. So maybe we should talk about that. Right. You know, when's a great time to talk about it is when it first comes up and sit down with someone and, and have like that neutral party right. and talk through it before it becomes, you know, so bad that now you resent each other. And, and mm-hmm. so same thing with like anxiety, depression, you know, if you're having this a recurring theme in your life in, Let's sit down and talk about that. It doesn't mean that, you know, you you have to go grab, you know, go to the doctor and get medica- medication right away. Like, wait a minute, let's let's talk through this and find out what's at the core of it, what's happening, what's going on in your life. And in most of the time, once you start talking about that, you realize, okay, there's a reason why this is happening. Yeah. And well, so well, yeah. yeah, I mean what I what I was just gonna put in because I agree with what you guys are saying, and and I've benefited personally from counseling. Yeah. So I, I agree with you. I, I'm a big fan. I think that it's yeah. helpful. And I do think that there are people, um, j- just like within the body of Christ, we all have gifts to offer. Mm-hmm. I think there are people that God has made and gifted by the Holy Spirit to be especially good at helping people get to the heart of things like that. So I yeah. do think that that's a gift um, to the Church, especially when it, when it is a Christian counselor with the framework of, mm-hmm. of the presence of the Holy Spirit and, and our transformation. I think what, what I experienced, and I think you alluded to this a little bit, Chantel, is just, I think sometimes... Um, we we go straight to counseling without any of the steps that might be healthy intermediate right. steps along the way. You right. know where you say, all right, if somebody says I've been dealing with anxiety and depression for twenty years and I've never talked to anybody about it, and now I'm going to see a counselor, mm-hmm. I'd be like, that's great, right? You're, you know, I, yeah. I wouldn't want to talk her out of it. No. But if somebody was saying, you know what, I'm kind of dealing with anxiety and depression in my life, thinking about going to see a counselor, I'd want to say like maybe that is the right move, mm-hmm. but like you know does your husband know or right. your wife know? Have you talked to some friends about this? Right. Because I think sometimes the the things that we're going through, they feel that much more daunting because we are in isolation. And it, when when you feel like I'm the only one going through this, the shame just really ups. Yes. That's where I think that me and my friends used to joke about accountability groups where it's like accountability groups sometimes could just become like sin confession things where nobody's growing, everybody's just admitting that they're failing. Mm. It's like, well, that's not good. But what does help is when you're talking to people about stuff, if if, if you go to a friend and say, I, I haven't talked about this a lot, man, I deal with a lot of anxiety. Yeah. I find myself paralyzed with fear and doing things that seem like other people do pretty normally. And if one of those friends that you open up to is able to say like, well, I, I feel like I deal with that also. You mm-hmm. know, it, It's slightly different. 
suddenly at least the shame and the isolation is taken away. Yes. You might still end up going and pursuing counseling because there would be some helpful things. Right. But there might be some cases, just like with a couple, where it's like, well, if if you would have brought some friends into this Mm -hmm. and had some good support and friends, you might not have been at a place where it's so severe that it's like, oh, gosh, you need to pull in the big guns and pull out all the stops. It's like that. that's better than nothing. But I think sometimes we're ignoring maybe less extreme helps along the way that could just be part of our lives to help us grow in these different areas that we all have because we right. all have difficulty with emotions. It's kind of like, you know, forming healthy habits and choices with our emotional health, right? It'd be like somebody right. saying, I finally want to get healthy, so I'm going to see a nutritionist or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, have you thought about evaluating what you eat every day and right. how much you move or right. whatever? Yeah, the, yeah. You, there might be the basics, you know, like yeah. eat less, exercise more, like... Yeah. as a starting point. And I think that a lot of times that can help. You know, I do think, you know, a lot of people, some of their negative patterns are so deeply ingrained that just sharing them isn't deep enough. Right. Right. Um, that that's the behavior and that's the outward visible thing, but that's not the, the symptom of why this thing is happening. Right. And that doesn't necessarily mean that counseling will uncover that because you could not be ready to reveal that. I think that Holy Spirit has you know, do some work in you and, talk to God about those things, you know, these deep-seated pains or experiences or, or traumatic things that maybe have happened to somebody, um, you know, you have to be ready and willing to re un- recover, uncover those things, mm-hmm. talk about them with someone, and uh, explore ways to to mitigate that from negatively affecting your relationships and, and, and your emotions. Right. Yeah. And that's why I think, like, the support groups are such a huge right. help for people. Yep. And obviously, I'm going to plug them all, but <laughs> but in particular, celebrate recovery. You know, they're they the way they market it is hurts, habits, and hangups. Right. Okay, and so at a core of so many things that we talk to people about is things that happened in their past have now affected how they handle things now in the present, and they often don't realize that the way they're reacting to this particular situation in their life is based on something that happened in the past that they never really worked with, you know, worked through. And so being able to get in a room and talk through that with people who understand and talking about where God is in that, you know, mm-hmm. and how you can overcome this hurt that's happened to you and now how it affects how you relate to everyone else in in your in your life now there's been some really exciting you know uh, we've seen some really exciting stories that people have shared with what they've uncovered mm-hmm. based on just being able to talk through that and work through that but at the core of all of these support groups even in life care with one on one we go through all that and we try to find the next, like what's the next step? We want to get you to the next step of support. Right. So we're going to go through all those. There's a lot of different avenues. So whether it's counseling, whether it's one-on-one, whether it's a support group, there's a lot of different things because it has to fit the mold for your, you know, that not everybody's ready to sit down with a counselor. Some people have talked about being in counseling for years, but they've never really revealed why they're really there. Mm. And we've heard counselors talk about that where it's, it's been years and years and they finally open up. So do you have to find the right fit? And so once you sit down and you, you start talking those through those things, you know, the leaders are in tune to, okay, you know what, maybe you should try this and maybe this is the next, you know, place you should. So that's what we try to do is just try to find the best fit for people. Yeah. But I think that that's so significant, even with talking about those, just because when we're in a mode where we do feel like, well, we're victims to to our emotions or Mm -hmm. our circumstances, and we we have 
But we believe that Jesus came to transform us. Mm-hmm. We believe we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Just the idea that, you know, it, anybody listening to this or watching this right now, like, there is hope for growth. That yes. doesn't mean if you're a person that deals with anxiety, maybe this is like my pessimistic side, you may deal with temptations towards anxiety your entire life, mm-hmm. but your life does not have to be run by that. You may deal with discouragement and depression and temptations towards that your whole life, just like for other people, it's alcohol or anger or any number of things, but there is hope for victory in Christ, and and so much of that is getting out of the shadows yes. in some way, and all these groups are some form, or, or life care is some form of getting out of the shadows, yeah. bringing things to light. Um, I do want to, you know, all right, so none, none of the three of us are medical experts. No. But, but we were having a discussion before that I thought was helpful just in trying to discern the role of medicine. Mm-hmm. Because there are some Christians that just view it as it's wrong. Um, it wouldn't be wrong to take medicine for, you know, some kind of clearly sort of physical ailment, headaches yeah. or something like that. But the idea of using medicine for depression or anxiety in particular is just straight out wrong. Um, and then on the other hand, in our culture, we have... A lot of people having a lot of medication, sometimes mm-hmm. even kids at younger ages. Mm-hmm. So if we're looking at sort of the two extremes of just like, hey, if you're feeling discouraged at all, here's a pill, versus it would be a sin to take a pill. Let's just kind of talk, where do we see kind of the biblical discernment of trying to work through the role of medicine when we're dealing with things that that some people would say are, are non-physical things, but more emotional and mental struggles that we're going through? You know, I was just thinking about that. You know, when, when you think about what it takes to be a successful, functioning individual in 2020 in America, where we're encouraged to, to buy things and consume things, mm-hmm. uh, to have the least amount of change, if you were to go to your doctor and say, I have depression and anxiety, for, for, the, for the cogs to work, the least amount of change is for you just to take this medication and everything else stay the same. Keep putting in the hours that you're putting in. Right. Keep right. Uh, not changing anything in your lifestyle. Just keep everything else the same and take this medication. And I think that's kind of probably what's caused this academic, epidemic of people uh, being overdiagnosed with depression and anxiety is because their, their lifestyle is creating that, not necessarily a medical imbalance. And I think many people relate to that. I, I'm not saying mm-hmm. that people, that, that, that these ailments are fake, you know, anxiety. Right. But I think, I think the lifestyle has caused so much stress and so much things to worry about and so many things to be depressed about fear of missing out, social media causes depression, that unless we're willing to admit that the lifestyle that we've created today isn't necessarily God's plan for us, the amount of things that we're doing, the amount of stress that we have, the amount of things that we allow ourselves to worry about, those things are going to cause anxiety and depression, Right. especially in, 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 and sometimes in cases of people who aren't medically predisposed to those things. Right. Right. I think that when we're able to really recognize and be willing to radically change our lifestyles, I think that if, if we do that, we'll see a lot less people needing to take medication to fix something they're not willing to change through their lifestyle. Right. I mean, culturally, we like when it comes to grief, we don't really allow people to grieve the way that they should and the way that it's mm-hmm. necessary because we, you know, um, people's tears make us uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we just want to say, you know, all too the- many social media posts about the, the lost loved one. Yes. Like, I think two's enough, isn't I it? I think two's <laughs> enough. And now you need to move on. And yeah. so you, all those phrases that, you know, I, I've 
said over the years I was going to make a, a, or I was going to write a book. <laughs> what not to uh, say. What not to yeah. say to the grieving, because there's so many wonderful phrases that you hear. <laughs> and so uh, the world tells us to hurry up through that. You know, it's been six months now. You should be past that. And, and you know, mm -hmm. people do feel that way. And so that makes the person think, okay, I must be, something's wrong. So I need to go to the doctor and talk about, you know, what's what's going on. Cause, but really, it's grief, and it's part of the process. Now, we know that there's, with anxiety and depression, there is a real need. If you find out, you know, you go to your doctor and you find out there's a chemical imbalance, there are things going on that right. we can't just, you know, go to a counselor and talk through it. And that's what we need to take the shame off is that there's medicine that's necessary. But you're right, there's so much that can be done to get to that point. So it's like, let's work on getting people to those, you know, let's go through that process. Let's go through and say, okay, well, what's going on in your life? What's happening? Have you talked to somebody? Have you uh, reached out? Have you, you know, and so a lot of times people just jump from A to Z without going through right. a process. But what we sometimes do is there is, yeah, we isolate. And that's the biggest thing that happens when somebody's going through something is they isolate. And they think that no one understands what I'm going through. No one will, you know, um, no one must know how I feel. I'm the only person who feels that way. And that's just not true. We know that we've Absolutely. all, you know, somebody in the world understands how you feel. And mm. so the first thing is like, don't isolate because as we know too, that's how also you know Satan gets in too and starts giving you feeding you those lies. And so let's bring it out and let's talk about it. And so that's the first thing. And then if you, if you go through all those steps and you're still struggling and you need that you know you need that help, you need the doctor to get that medication, then let's also support them yeah. in that. Let's not make people feel you know um, bad for doing that because you're still a you know. Your faith is still strong. It has nothing to do with, you know, how you feel about God. And You're taking the, re the next right step. The next yeah. right step. And yeah. so let's, yeah, and, absolutely. And, and that is the odd thing when talking about it. Because yeah. I know for me, n not just with mental health, but, but with physical health, I, I tend to be, I don't know if suspicious is the right word of medicine, but I'm just sort of like, if there's another solution... Because every medicine has side effects, you know. Sure. If there's another, you know, I, that tends to be the the way that I function, and maybe part of it, to be honest, is just that I've been privileged to have very good health, and so I I might be a little bit delusional in my view there. But but recognizing there are people, and, and probably maybe even some listening to this right now, that um, that God's leading for a next step with you would be to humble yourself and be willing to take some medicine yeah, for something. Absolutely. And it might not be long term. It might be, but but just to humble yourself and say it is not a failure to take some medicine. Right. Um, but I, but I just I really agree with what both of you are saying to say, gosh, if there's other things that we can look at to say, well, what what if I did start eating better? What if I did get around other people? What if I was open with this? What, what if I was in the sun a little bit more? What if I w was willing to be satisfied with not advancing in my career at quite the pace that I, I feel the right. pressure to do? That a lot of these things, there would be more general health in these areas, and that we could end up in a situation where we could be dealing with it, doing the hard work of dealing with stuff without having to deal with kind of the drama of some of the medication stuff that just, when you get on it, it's hard it's hard to get off. And right. so part of my compassion is just saying, gosh, I, in a moment where it feels like this will be a quick fix to say long-term, it's, 
it's not. And so just just count the cost. So some people do need to say, got to humble myself and just swallow my pride yeah. and take some pills for a while that will help. Yes. And for other people, it, it is the opposite to say, no, like it, it seems like you need to do the the harder work now that's going to pay off and is really going to benefit you without without going to something that for you might be a, an easy fix. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let, let me do this just, just as we're looking at this. So, mm -hmm. so um, we're, we're getting ready to, to kind of wrap this up. There's obviously lots more to talk about. Yeah. But why don't we just go around and eat, each one of us just maybe like take one minute. What, what is the last thing that you want to make sure people take away or hear from this episode? And why don't we start with you, Chantel? Oh, wow. <laughs> so many No thoughts. pressure. Yeah. <laughs> so many thoughts. The takeaway. Well, I, I mean, first of all, we talked earlier about shame. Okay, so let's take the shame off it. Let's 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 stop making people feel bad for their emotions. Mm -hmm. Let's um, if you don't understand it, that's okay. If you if you've never felt that way, that's okay. And you don't have to have magic words for people. Just say, "I'm here for you. I'm listening. I'll pray for you." You just you don't have to necessarily understand to have compassion for mm -hmm. people. And so whatever it is that they're trying to share with you, just let them you know let them open up. And, and so, and for the, anyone that's struggling out there, you know, you're not alone. And so you don't have to go through this alone, whatever it is you're battling, you don't have to. So whether it's, it's a life group, whether it's a, a friend in your Bible study or whatever, we have so many places here. We have support groups. We have, you know, people that can just sit there with you and just listen. And, and so don't go it alone, you know, and, and I just would love to see people reach out more and um and understand that their emotions you know it's okay to have those emotions it's okay to have those feelings Absolutely. you know mm -hmm. there's no shame in in being angry there's no shame in having anxiety there's no shame in having depression and so um yeah i just would love to see people just um being able to to know that god is in that journey with them and there's also people in this world that want to go through that with them, you know, and walk with them. So just yeah. please reach out. Yeah, that's great. I, I, I just would love to see us encourage and celebrate those around us uh, growing and getting better and wanting to be healthier in, in many ways. You know, yeah. last time it was physical health and we see people around us wanting to get better and mental health. And if that means opening up and sharing, that means that we have to sit and listen. Mm -hmm. That means they're, they're getting help or, or, getting medication or whatever it is, you know, we should be first just to celebrate and encourage and be glad that they're taking that step to wanting to grow and to be better and to, to break some negative patterns and really see yeah. transformation in their life. And we should be supporters and cheerleaders. And, and that doesn't mean that uh, we're probably not, most of us probably aren't overtly condemning them trying to get help or share emotions, but it's it's the subtle ways that we don't listen, mm -hmm. the subtle ways that we encourage them to, to move on and get yes. over their grief, and, and the subtle ways that we mention that uh, this one Bible verse, that should be good, and we right. shouldn't have to talk about that anymore. <laughs> um, but instead, it's uh, coming from a place of, of openness and listening and celebrating and encouraging when they're wanting to get healthy. That's good. He said yeah. it better. No, that was great. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, the only thing I, I would add just in, in all this is just um, to to come to a place where that we all need to come to to say we may come to a place with an area of our lives where we to embrace this is going to be a lifelong battle. Yes. Um, and that is not the same though as saying this is going to be a lifelong area of defeat or slavery. Right. And so just it could end up being very liberating to say I struggle with anxiety. 
I don't think. I think I'm going to be 85 if I live that long, mm-hmm. and I am still going to struggle with anxiety. Right. But but just that there's hope within that to say this may be a lifelong battle. That doesn't mean lifelong defeat. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And obviously, you know, this might be a subject we return to because I know yes. we, we didn't talk about all the stuff we could have. Um, but thank you for, for all of you who listened. Thanks so much for taking the time. Um, we always encourage interaction on this, especially a subject like this, whether it's on Facebook or whether you want to contact us directly. Anyway, um, we love getting to talk about the stuff and we look forward to future episodes where we'll delve into it. So Garrett, Chantel, yeah. thanks so much. And we'll see you all thank on you. Sunday. Bye.